You are listening to the Staffing Tech Podcast Series. In this series, staffing executives offer valuable insights for leaders across the industry to learn from. The ultimate goal of the podcast is to elevate the discussion of staffing technology, provide actionable insights to decision makers, help listeners learn from the experience, successes, and sometimes failures of leaders who have innovated and are moving the space forward and enhance the future state of the staffing industry. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the podcast. In this episode of the Staffing Tech Talk podcast series, we discuss with Andy Hilger the extent to which technology can be an enabler for staffing companies. Andy shares some predictions on how staffing will evolve through the use of technology and emerging opportunities. The episode concludes with Andy's advice to staffing executives on their approach to innovation. Andy, it's been said that the staffing industry and recruitment in general is really a set of pretty inefficient processes strung together. And so it's not surprising that people show up with money trying to solve these challenges, venture capital coming in, funding startups that are going to solve these these very difficult and, and complex challenges of finding the talent and then getting it to fit and getting a client to agree. Are there areas you think the industry should head as a place to improve overall efficiency in its service offerings? Yes. Without question, every industry has to be on a march towards identifying inefficiencies and figuring out how to eliminate them, whether it's through automation, whether that's through process redesign. And and certainly staffing is, is no different. I think maybe the interesting question for me is, one, how do we do that in a way that, that we don't ultimately eliminate value by, by eliminating the key touch points? As you said, there's a lot of variability to humans. And, and this is not about selling books or selling houses. Although interestingly enough, Zillow just decided that uh, their AI algorithms weren't effective enough to help them understand future prices of homes and stepped out of that business. Housing seems a little bit more stable than than human beings in terms of their uh, wills and desires. But in the end, you know, there, there has to be some, some efficiencies that, that companies find. And then maybe the second part to that is, are there things we ought to be thinking about more at the industry level? So I think you know, every, every company is going to be on its own journey to figure out differentiation and figure out how to leverage automation to create that different experience. But then I think about some of the traditional back office functions and, and think about where there haven't historically been industry-specific solutions. So maybe the most obvious is pay bill as, as really a central point of what we all have to solve for. And I think, gosh, there's got to be some different ways to partner with with some of the big players, I know Oracle, I know Bullhorn, Microsoft, Salesforce, they all play in this space. There has to be ways to figure out how we leverage common capabilities and do it in a way that that we all realize the efficiencies and can pass those on to our customers. And I think those are areas that you know, aren't necessarily strategically differentiating, but could certainly help our industry expand. So there are probably others, but those are those are some of the more straightforward examples, if that helps, Brian. So clearly you have a view that tech can be an enabler. And this latest wave has certainly been enabling people that are able to embrace those changes in the staffing business. 
Maybe you can discuss what aspects of the business you think are better enabled with the use of technology. Yeah, gosh, Brian, it's it's probably hard to isolate um, any one, and I and I do want to keep reinforcing this notion of hypothesis and experiment. So maybe I'll I'll speak to some of my hypotheses, but I I certainly see I, I mentioned that in some ways the business is still done a lot like it was done a couple decades ago. I think that will radically change in the next five years. I think we owe recruiters a lot of time back. I think we have an opportunity to allow machines to do what machines do really well around collation and computation and probably if-then analysis, and then really put our, our account managers, our recruiters in a position to do what they do incredibly well, which is build trust, empathize, use ethics in their decision-making, be persuasive, and, and ultimately use some critical thinking skills to problem-solve. And, and so when I think about enablers, yeah, we could go a lot of directions, but I think with, with where the cloud is, with the access to data, with the ability to, to leverage AI, I think uh, we'll see more and more interesting things that are sort of top of the funnel solutions with uh, whether it be chat bots, whether it be a really advanced matching technology that, that I'm really excited about some of the things we're doing there. And then certainly, how do we bring all of the insights that we can garner from that data to bear to really help recommend next best, best action, whether that be for somebody on our team, for, for talent that's trying to figure out where do I go? And, and I think all of that gets unlocked through you know, some platform plays. How do we really enable some self-service where it makes sense and, and really help meet people where they are? And, and you know, all of that feels like huge, huge opportunity for us and for our industry to, to leverage technology moving forward. And, and you know, you'll, you'll probably ask me this next, but the flip side of that, it's also a tremendous threat. I mean, there's certainly, there, there's, there's a fine line between an opportunity and a threat when you start talking about potentially disruptive technology. Andy, we've um, covered a lot of ground here, but in wrapping up, if executives who are listening in could only remember a couple things from all that we've discussed, what might your parting advice be to them? Yeah, I guess for me, Brian, I'll, I'll give you two takeaways. The first one, let me set it up for, for a minute, but I talked a little bit about some of the industrial revolutions that happened and the idea that cheap power and cheap information and you know, ultimately cheap prediction, these general use technologies are changing the world. The reality is, is the first industrial revolution happened only when a parliamentary system was introduced in Britain and James Watt's steam engine was allowed to create a level of entrepreneurship. And what was the catalyst for that was the, the elimination of some fiefdoms that were stifling innovation but probably more importantly than that was, was the statement that was coming out really in the, in the Renaissance, which was the scientific revolution was afoot. And it was a statement that I don't know is an acceptable answer. Prior to, prior to that, 
most questions had to be answered with some explanation that involved a deity that was sort of creating the problem or the opportunity. And there was a, a biblical interpretation. And suddenly it, it became okay to say, I don't know. And that generated a level of curiosity. And so for me, you know, the first piece of advice for anyone who's thinking about disruption and where we're going is that you start with, I don't know, uh, because I think anyone who thinks they can predict the future is going to be sadly mistaken. There's lots of futurists out there, and I suspect they'll, they'll get some of it right, but they get a lot of it wrong. But real innovation comes from, from that curiosity and that willingness to test a hypothesis, learn from it, iterate and continue to learn and then ultimately say, wow, we've got something, let's go. So the first piece of advice is, is really embrace that I don't know statement. And the second one, paradoxically, we've spent uh, the, the, the time today talking about technology. Uh, none of this really is about technology. I, I said earlier that innovation happens from the customer in, but all of this is about how do we change business model? How do we change people? How do we change process to deliver value? And technology is a lever or an enabler. And if, if anyone is waiting for technology to come in and change their business or change the, the behaviors of people, I think you're going to be waiting a long time and you might be on the wrong end of things. So you know, actively engaging in how do we want to think differently about the market opportunity? How do we want to construct our business model differently? How do we want to evolve or change the behaviors that are happening day in and day out? And then how can technology be one of many levers? And, and the good news is technology is at a place where it's an incredible enabler, but the change is not going to happen because of technology. The change is going to have to come from, from the innovation in the marketplace and the desire to experiment. And like I said earlier, that willingness to say, I don't know, and be incredibly curious about how you move forward. Andy, those are great, great bits of advice and, and, and wisdom, actually. Thanks for sharing that with us. This has been really enjoyable. I've, I've, I've totally enjoyed having this conversation with you and want to thank you for your time and all the thoughts you've shared with, with us today. Hey, thanks, Brian. It's been a lot of fun and really appreciate you and your partnership. Thanks, Andy. All right. Thank you for listening to the ASA Staffing Tech Talk podcast series. We hope you enjoyed this series and discovered valuable insights that you can leverage to elevate your company's performance through the best informed use of technology.